Amen. You may be seated, and we do congratulate you on starting a new school year. Uh, We did have a wonderful time last weekend, and we enjoyed the service uh, that we had with everyone, and then we had a great picnic. It was a fantastic picnic. Uh, You you guys can cook, um, absolutely can cook. Um, Here is our... Here's our chefs. This, this is Master Chef 1 and Master Chef 2. Um, Mr. Mr. John and Mr. Dennis, I believe, and they are, they did a great job. That's a lot, a lot of cooking that they did and they kept up with everybody and just tremendous job. We say thank you to you. And then I have to give a shout out to Mr. Uh, Brian Stutz, I believe is his name. The last name is Stutz and he, he wasn't even signed up to volunteer. He just jumped in and when he jumped in, he was the guy telling you only one hamburger and one or one hot dog and he was that is a thankless job I'm telling you and 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 he stuck with it the whole time to the point where he was actually giving out recommendations for dishes uh in saying that one you want to stay away from but this one's really good I don't know if he did that I hope he didn't um he was in first service, so I think I'm safe in this service. I don't know. But his relatives could be here. So um, anyway, um, it, was, it was all very, very good. And uh, just, just a wonderful time. And the gifts. Y'all have blessed us with so many gifts. And you are, you're actively working a, 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 against any weight management programming we have in our lives. Uh, the caramel. I don't know. Is this play area known for caramel or... Caramel. We say I say caramel, but I've heard others going caramel, and so I want to say it appropriately. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, just phenomenal caramel, and um, it was it was it's just delicious. Just a lot of great stuff. So thank you, thank you. If if the next you know thirty four years are like this. Uh, It'll be good. And I'll need a new wardrobe. The, uh, both of those things are true. On a more serious note, uh, two things on a more serious note. The first is that on my blog, micahsutton.com, I this week wrote a, a uh, blog dealing with the supremacist movement that is, has gained a lot of notoriety in our country right now. And the reason why I did it is because I believe there are some things that are just right and there are some things that are just wrong. And it's easy for us to see what's going on. And if it's not impacting our life personally to say, well, you know, somebody ought to say something about that. And I don't believe every fight is ours to fight. And during the political season, you will not see me saying a word or hear me saying a word about any body. But when we're talking about those who carry such a level of hate for other people, it's not it's not Christian, nor is it American. And so uh, you might say, well, your family, you know, you don't is your family affected by it? Not entirely, but my family is affected by it. This is, this is our family. It's the family of God. And part of my family's in Houston, Texas right now. And some of them are in Kona, Hawaii right now. And, and, and they're here feeling the weight of that. And some of you, we have many different cultures that are even in this church. Not because everyone in this church is a certain race or nationality, but because many of you have adopted children from many races, different races and cultures. And those children need to know that we do not 
We do not ascribe to a, a thought or a spirit of hate and intolerance, but that we ascribe to a God who loves everyone, who died for all mankind, and He is not the Father of some, but He is the Father of all. I've met many people in our community over the last three weeks, and most of them know who McCord Road is and where we are located. They also should know that we stand for righteousness. On a second serious note, we have, we have partnered with Impact for, with Hope, which some, I believe, some of the folks in our congregation work for them and partner and work with them. But we are a collection point for goods that will be shipped down to the Houston and South Texas area once the tropical storm has worn itself out. Um, Even as I sat down, all morning long, we've been getting texts and videos of, of friends that are just showing us roadways that are flooded and homes that are flooded. One church that I know of, the whole thing has collapsed in on itself. Um, just a lot of things going on. And so we can't, we can't be the answer to every problem, but we can answer some problems. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And so we're a drop-off point for anyone in the community. Uh, if you go on the church's Facebook uh, page, you'll see a list there of things that can, uh, that will be donated. Some folks said, well, uh, we can bring water. We don't want to ship water from here. Water needs to be shipped closer to that the area because it weighs so much. So we're doing diapers. Diaper baby's going to do what baby's going to do. We're we're putting gloves together. We're putting uh, there's a whole list of things, but we're doing a lot of lighter things so we can pack trucks full and we can ship it down there. So we're gonna we're gonna do something to help our brothers and our sisters that are there. And then last but not least, I'll share with you now that next week we begin a new series called Fearless. And I'm, I'm messing them up in the back here, but we have a graphic for you. Um, and we are going to be talking about, for the next four weeks, we'll, we'll be talking about how to live life unaffected by unnecessary fears. Some fears are good. It, it, you know, fear of heights keeps you from falling off things. You know, some fears are naturally put into us, but there are unnecessary fears that we all battle. And we live in a weird world with a lot of uncertainties. And so we want to talk about that starting next week. But this morning, we're going to look at Romans chapter 12. In this series called Starting Point, we've been establishing a starting point for our relationship and the relationship that we're beginning in earnest here as a church between me and and, and you and our family and your families. And so today we're going to talk about a, a point of familial happiness. And this can help you in your own families as much as it's going to help us in this church. It's an understanding of how to live happily as a family. A key component to that is found in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Scripture tells us, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. All belong to each other. So here's the big takeaway. If you, everybody can leave after I say this word, these words right here, but I hope you don't. God's plan for us, His desire for us, is that we are unique 
and unified. That we are unique and unified. Paul clearly reveals the need for uniqueness. If we were all made up of a singular leg, it would be very difficult. We all need a heart desperately. But if we were only a heart, the heart couldn't survive. We, we all need brains. And, and yet, if it was only a brain, the brain couldn't survive. But I've also had the privilege of pastoring a young lady who was uh, suffering from an autoimmune disease called lupus that uh, doctors couldn't figure out what was going on with her, but she was dying. It, it, all the signs said she was dying, and she was, I think, 16, 17 years old, and, and this is just a terrible thing. And when they finally discovered she had lupus, they understood that what was happening was her body was fighting against itself. You see, she was plenty unique in that all the parts of her were there. Everything right was there, but she was not unified. And so because her body was not unified with itself, it was killing itself. God says, I want you to be unique, but I also want you to be unified. Our uniqueness is required, but our unity is also required. And lastly, Paul reveals to us that our ownership or the focus of our being is really for others. He said, you're not your own. Many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. The benefit of ownership in life is that you get to enjoy the blessing of the thing that you own. And if you don't enjoy the blessing of it, there's something wrong. Does anybody right up here in the first two rows or so have a dollar? Do you have a dollar? Does anybody have a dollar bill? Or... Back back rows are fine. I can run. Somebody from the back row needs to loan somebody from the front row a dollar. Oh, we have a dollar right here. Okay. So so here here I have a dollar. And what I just sold you something, my brother. I know we met in the back, but I'm working on your name. I'm working hard, Luis. And so so you you just gave me a dollar. And what I'm going to do is sell you this here Mercedes Benz um, for that dollar. Congratulations. This is why people come to MRCC. Yeah. Blessings of the Lord are just raining down upon you. There's one slight problem. I don't own a Mercedes Benz. Uh, someone else does, and I swipe their keys. So I am benefiting financially from something that I don't own. And therefore... JP's going to be mad at you, <laughs> or mad at me, actually. Uh, but I'm, I'm benefiting from something that I don't own, and, and therefore that's called stealing. There's no justifiable reason for this happening. It's just I'm taking the benefit from something that I don't own, and I'm walking away with the profit of it. Fact is, if you and I belong to each other, then if I receive the benefit of being me alone, that's equally stealing. Now, just so none of us are out with JP, do you mind if I give you your dollar back and I get the keys back? Thank you very much. It's always chancy. I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought <laughs> you could have just ran. I don't know. <laughs> it's easy sometimes for us to enjoy the benefit of being us, what we bring to the table, and not think about how others should also be benefiting from who we are. Fathers, our, our, our children need to benefit from who we are. Not, not just the money that we make, but the people that we are. Mothers, they just don't, they don't need you to just organize their life. They need you. One time, as a young pastor, we were working on, uh, building a church and, 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 and I was working so hard, I came home and my children were asking, Mommy, who's that man in our house? And it was, it was just, I was never around and, and, um, and one day Christy looked at me and she said, she said, I, you just don't seem to be caring about this family. And I said, my, my head just kind of poof, blew up. And I said, how am I not caring about this family? All I'm doing is working hard to provide for this family. And she said, yes, I know and I appreciate that. But I didn't marry the, your provision. I married you. I started changing the way I operated my time. Because she needed me. She needed to benefit from who I was as much as I needed to benefit from who she was. So the question becomes, how do we as a church live out the call to be both unique and unified? Firstly, I have three thoughts today. first thought is this. We are unique and unified when fulfilling the purpose of Christ. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. It's the summation of Christ's purpose. It's why He showed up in the first place. I was lost and He said, I love you and I'm going to find you. And He found me and I accepted His sacrifice and I accepted the offer of salvation. And so now I can be counted as His child. What a blessing it is. But we live out that purpose also by fulfilling what's commonly known as the, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the summation of it. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is what we're here to do. This is why I created you. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Now I'm commissioning you to go do the job I've called you for. But Jesus didn't leave it just at that. He also said to his disciples, I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So what we've just done is we've just summarized the core of McCord Road Christian Church. We love God because He first loved us and He showed up to find us. And thank God He did. Then number two, we love each other because we're as one body being obedient to the call of Christ who's the head of the body. And then thirdly, we get the message out. Why? Because it's our calling as ambassadors of Christ and we want others to experience the love that Christ has for them, and we want them to learn to love Him too. That's who we are. That's what we do. It's the summation of who we as a body are. 
We are, it, it, it's, it's unique and it's unified. It, it's unified because Christ died for every, every, all mankind. All of us are together. Christ died for all mankind. It's unified because it's every, but it's unique because it's one. Christ died for you, and He 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 died for you, 100%. And He died for me, 100%. And you say, well, listen, I'm doing the math on that, and that doesn't seem to make any sense. I know. And that's why we call Him God, and not us. I can't explain how all of that exactly works. All I know is He said, this is the reality I came so that all can be saved. It's inclusive, it's unique, and it is unified. Thought number two, we are unique and unified when we pursue individually expressed and corporately enjoyed Christ-centered worship. This may be the singularly longest point, because I wanted to be very careful in how I worded this for us this morning. You see... Just as the knee cannot operate as a lung, each individual is unique in their expression. I don't express the way you do, and you don't express the way that I do. But you're still God's child, and so am I. <laughs> I loved worshiping with McCord a few months ago, whenever I was here, before I was the pastor, and, 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 and I called Christy that afternoon. I said, hey, babe, I want you to know, I, I looked around and I saw, I saw people that were, some people were raising their hands and that was cool. And some people were, were not raising their hands and that was cool. And I saw some people that were, you know, kind of, and that was cool. And I saw some people that looked like they'd never done that in their life. And, and, and that was cool. And, and, and I, I, <laughs> I saw people all, I saw so many people singing and said, one of the things that really struck me and impressed me about this church was how many men's voices I could hear singing. And in so many churches, you hear ladies in abundance, but you don't hear the sound of men's voices. And at McCord, that is not the true truth. We worship together and I applaud you for that. Amen. Exciting. But it leads us to the reality that the method of our worship is not as important as the focus of our worship. We're unique in how we do it, but we're unified in where we're pointing it. I, I like to sing to Christy about my love for her. I'm a singing person. I sing brown-eyed girl quite often to her. <laughs> I'd sing newer songs, but... Most of them I couldn't sing in public and be less than R-rated. Okay, I'm going to talk about that at some point. Not today. Not wait till y'all know me better. But you know, at some point, I, I don't. Anyway, okay, okay. I sing to her, but she, to my knowledge, has never sung to me. If she did, it was so quiet I didn't know what was happening. She never sung to me of her love for me. But she expresses in other ways. Sometimes she'll hold my hand. We hold hands a lot. I love holding her hand. After 20 years, I still love to hold her hand. We drive down the road holding hands. The kids don't even worry about it. In fact, when Tyrion really wants to annoy us, sometimes he'll reach up and hold somebody else's hand so we can't hold each other's hand. 
If he's not at church some Sunday, you'll know he's been grounded and uh, not from church. I'm kidding. <laughs> I like holding her. Sometimes she'll just say, I love you. I love that. Sometimes she'll cuddle up next to me. Anything more than that's none of your business? And, <laughs> but I have two rules for Christy. If she wants to express romantic love, there are two rules in her life. They're taped on our bathroom window, our bathroom uh, mirror, just so that she doesn't forget them. Number one, all romantic expressions of love must be toward Micah. (laughs) Number two, all romantic expressions of love must be expressed in a way Micah can recognize it. They're not hard, but these are firm, fast rules. We don't compromise on these rules. But as children of God, there's two rules. The first is, in worship to our King, it must be expressed only to Him. And then number two, it must be expressed in a way that He can recognize it. Now, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And so he gives us very clear understandings of what worship is that he enjoys and how that worship comes to him and, and how he receives it. He, he's very clear on that. So we will do everything decently and in order as the Scripture encourages us to. And we will worship with one voice. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7 say, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement. What does that tell us? It tells us that we're going to need patience and encouragement. What are we going to need patience and encouragement for? Help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ. So we're going to need patience and encouragement in order to live in harmony with one another, but that's really the only right outcome for those who are Christ's followers. That's what he just told us right there. And and then he says, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. So at McCord Road Christian Church, All biblical expressions of worship in nature and timing are go. Go. And it's equally true that all expressions of worship that are non-biblical in nature or timing are (laughs) no-go. In Hawaii, we would say, if can, can. If no can, no can. So if you're sitting one day in worship and you're like, boy, I just want to do flips and cartwheels all over the place. Does the scripture give us encouragement for flips and cartwheels? Well, no. So no can. There are other reasons why I no can too, but that would be one of them. But can... We lift our voice in song. Can we express ourselves uniquely as well? Can. That's the most Hawaiian I've spoken in a long time. (laughs) 
We are unique in our expressions of worship, but unified in the nature, timing, and most of all, focus of that worship. And then thought number three. We offer the open arms of Christ to the world we live in. That's when we know that we are both unique and unified, when we are opening the loving arms of Christ to the world around us. Sometimes we do it with our neighbors. We've been reading the Art of Neighboring book at, here at McCord, and, and, uh, and I know some of my neighbors are in the church here today, and, and I'm honored that you're here. And, and so you, you might show love to your neighbors in a particular way. Maybe you, uh, when I moved to Texas uh, for three straight weeks, I came home and my grass was mowed. I was like, who is mowing my grass? I would ask Christy, who was mowing the grass? She said, I don't know. I said, baby, you were home. Somebody was outside of our house running back and forth with a loud machine. You knew I wasn't home. Did you not think, you know, peek out and see who's attacking our home? For three weeks, somebody mowed our grass, and I thought, well, do they just not think I'm ever going to mow the grass? Do they have a problem with me? I've not even met them all. So finally, I went to neighbors. I was like, hey, how you doing? I'm Micah. Do you know who's mowing my grass? No. Do you know who's mowing my grass? No. Do you know who's mowing my grass? And they were all liars. Because <laughs> they knew exactly who was mowing my grass. In fact, several of them had been doing it, and they were doing it to bless me. But I didn't know. I thought I was more accustomed to being judged than blessed by my neighbors. All the neighbors in Sylvania are absolutely fantastic. This was not a plug to get my grass mowed. <laughs> if you're a member of the HOA, uh, I will handle the grass. Don't worry, it'll be done. Art of neighboring. Maybe in your world you show love to your neighbors by cooking them a meal, or maybe you mow their grass, or maybe you give out one of the uh, new neighbor books or uh, uh, bags, or the new resident bags that we give out here at MRCC, or or maybe some of you engage in the second serve Saturdays. Every second Saturday of the month, there's an opportunity, an organized way where you can get to involved in serving our community. Miss Betty Bassett puts that together, works hard at it, and does a fantastic job. So look, look in your, look in your bulletin. There's the details that you need. You can, you can get hooked up with that. Maybe you're gonna involve yourself in Make a Difference Day. It happens in the fall. The church gets together and organizes ways to bless our community. We open the arms of Christ and we're unified in that we're all doing it, but we're unique in that we're doing it in different ways in which we are blessed and skilled. We offer the arms of Christ as we give generously. The reason why we can open this building this morning is because of your generosity. The reason why we could give people the opportunity to wash their clothes for free at the laundromat uh, was because of your generosity. You think, well, it's just washing clothes. But if you've never not been able to wash your clothes, being able to do it is a great blessing. 
We reach around the world as we bless missions efforts around the world. We do it because of your generosity. Every single week in this building, there are, there are ministries for our young people. There are ministry, there's ministry going out to our children. There's ministry going out to our junior high and high school students. There are ministries going out to our seniors and, and in our small groups and, and many of you meet in different rooms around the church. That all happens because of your generosity. It's the open arms. I came out of the office the other day and I greeted somebody and, and they said hi and I said hi and, and I said I'm Micah and they they said, cool, I'm, and they gave me their name. And, and I said, man, it's nice to meet you. How long have you been part of McCord? And he was like, I'm not. And I was like, oh. And <laughs> he said, I'm a coach for a basketball team that uses the gym to be able to practice. And, and this community really appreciates being able to use the facility here. And I was like, man, that's cool. I'll try to remember that you're, you know, I'll try to be nice and stuff to you. But that happens because of your generosity. I'm passionate about this. We offer opportunities for people to be saved in our services. Why do, why, why do we do that? We do that because every service we express our appreciation for God's blessing us through communion. We remember the body and the blood of Christ. And then we have the opportunity to invite those that maybe don't know Him as their Savior to accept Him as their Savior. Sometimes it's easy to see in our, our own, through our own lenses, and it's really the only lenses we can see through. And so if we've been raised in a strong Christian home or we've been a Christian for a while, it's easy for us to think that everybody that we're in you know, connection with, they're also Christians. You be sitting next to somebody today that you're certain they're a Christian, but, but uh, you know, they may not be. Maybe they've come to church for cultural reasons, or their mama did, or their daddy did, or their grandma said, if you don't, I'll do terrible things to you. So they show up, but they've never really given their life to Jesus. So we want to offer them that opportunity as often as we can. Because we want them to know a Savior. We open up the arms of Christ. It's our primary purpose as a church on this earth. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. He empowered us to be his witnesses for the purposes of the purpose of seeing souls born again into the kingdom of God's dear son, who the Bible says purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That's why we are here. It's why we do what we do. It's why we live. So in your world, this means this, and musicians, would you come? It means two things in your life. It means that you can operate in confidence in who God has created you to be. You don't have to try to be somebody else. In fact, it's better if you don't. You are the most effective you that God ever created. You are the best you that God ever created. So be you. In worship, if you want to... Do this? Do that. If it's your worship. And if it's not, don't feel a pressure to do it. Be you. If your gift 
to your neighbor are cupcakes, cook them cupcakes. Somebody's, i got an amen corner over there right now. I like it. And please, who, I, I know that parents just had a mini heart attack. I think there are doctors in the building, but I'm perfectly cool with it. If your cupcakes will send them to the hospital, please do something else for them. Or sign at Cedar Creek, one of the two. I don't know, either one. I'm, so, I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. I didn't say that in the first service. I, I'm... Baby, did freshen up that resume real fast. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> so, be you. But number two, let's respect one another as well. Let's respect. Let's respect how God made our brothers and our sisters. And if, 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 if you say, hmm, whenever, when I express my worship, I express my worship like this. And they're over there kind of juking and jiving a little bit. Well, and let them enjoy their dancing and you enjoy what you're doing. If they're not going to judge you, and they shouldn't. Christy and I, when we got married, I, I was like, I, I'm, I mean, I, I come from a, a culture and a, and a world that, that, you know, worship is extremely expressive all the time. And, and it just fits me. It's who I am. And so, you know, I've got one move. In fact, they taught it to the, to the kids in Tomball and they called it the Micah. Um, but, but that's okay. That's, that's what I do. That's what I know. And I'm comfortable with it and I'm excited about it. And, and it just, it feels good in my spirit to express myself in that way. And Christy is not. Christy's extremely reserved. And so in her worship, it's, it, it, she, she would just stand there sometimes like this or, you know, and, and sometimes like this and, and different things. And, and, and for, for a long time, I, I thought I needed to help her get out of her shell. And then I realized she wasn't in a shell. It's just who she was. And then whenever God started using her to minister into my life in unique ways, she would speak words of wisdom or knowledge into my life. And, and I found out if I listened to her, I'd be better for it. I started seeing God work through her in my life. I had a whole new expression, a whole new appreciation and a much greater love. I might dance around over here, but if you're sitting in the second row behind me and you don't want to, don't. Because you're going to be a more effective worshiper how you are than trying to be like how I am. And how I am ain't no better than how you are. We're just different. But we're unified because we're singing with one voice. We are worshiping with one heart and we are reaching for our Father and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm excited about what I feel in this house right now. I'm sorry it's taken me a minute. In our first years of marriage, in Christy and I's first years of marriage, we struggled because we did not know how to be unified and still unique. But when we discovered how to do that, God started using our life to benefit His kingdom 
and grow his church. We have a job to do. There are unsaved people in this community that need to know Jesus Christ. There are hurting families. There are hurting people. We live in a great area of the Toledo metro area. We're so blessed to be in this area. But I'm telling you what, not everybody is blessed. And even people that are blessed still struggle. And so right now, we're just, we want to be all that God has called us to be. And I believe that will happen. I believe it is happening. And I believe God is just going to escalate us into a whole new realm. And I can't even tell you that I know what it is. We're talking with the elders and, and, and the administrative team and the staff. And, and we're dreaming together. And we're believing together. And, and, and we ha- there's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of excitement. There's a sense that God is up to something. And we just, we don't know what it is. We're not trying to create it. We just want to be part of whatever it is that he's doing. And I believe that you do too. If you're in the house today and you've never allowed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that's where you need to start. So if we can right now, just bow our heads. And and I'm closing this service. But as we bow our heads, if you're in the house and you've never made him your Lord and Savior, we're not going to do anything to embarrass you. We're not going to put you on the spot at all. But we're going to ask you to just pray with me this prayer. Nobody has to pray out loud. I know that that's not the culture here. And that's all right. I'm not trying to rock a boat. But if you're in the house and you've never made Jesus your Savior, we're giving you that opportunity right now. Just pray with me. In your heart or out loud, whatever you feel comfortable with, Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you that you died for my sins. I don't even understand how it all works, but by faith, I accept your sacrifice on my behalf. And today, our... I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done wrong and help me to do right. From this day forward, I accept accept your free gift of salvation in my life. And today, I am your child and you are my God. In Jesus' name. Amen.